Hello and welcome to KK Wrestle Factory. We're back after a bumper episode. The records have been broken. Our listenership's gone through the roof. We're practically famous. Still the third biggest podcast that discusses WrestleZone on a semi-regular basis. Mm, for now. For now, we're coming for you, Billy Strachan. But before we get into it... <laughs> Should you just pretend that Mickey doesn't exist? I feel like it's hard to go. It's hard to come for Mickey okay. because he's he's got the boys on his side. Okay. So automatically, it's a bit harder. Billy, I can undercut him. <laughs> okay. I can. I've got dirty tactics I can use for Billy. <laughs> Plus, ultimately, we still need to be in in there with, with Mickey and the boys. Fair play. I can. Billy can be <laughs> at any point. Poor Billy. Looking forward to January. It'll be good to see him. But let's get introductions out of the way. My name is Kyle. I'll be one half of the uh, the Wrestle Factory, the one of the keys in the the Wrestle Factory, and the other is my co-host sat next to me is Kaylee Laugh. How are you? Like I always am. Don't know what to say at this part. Breezy. Breezy. I'm not Chris Brown. Um, yeah, I'm all right. Had a good dinner. Class times. It's good we did have a roast today, which is... It was so nice. It's always good. Honestly. Like, this is the best. It's better than travelling three hours to Aberdeen. Then I haven't travelled three hours back the next day. Nor really get much sleep. Because <laughs> your bus is first thing in the morning. And it's all <laughs> worth it, though. It is, but it's de- this weekend has definitely been a lot smoother. Yeah, definitely. But I do miss the wrestling. Yeah, hence why we had to just find any wrestling that was on and watch it, which we'll find out later on. So, talking of, today's episode is something a bit different. Um, if you've listened to, to sort of earlier episodes of the, the Wrestle Factory, you may have heard some of my opinions on uh, a certain Glasgow-based promotion, going by the name of Insane Championship Wrestling. You know, I wasn't very positive about how they handled certain situations throughout, you know, the whole speaking out movement. How it used to be alright and now it's a bit shite. Well, yeah, that too. Um, but today we are going to talk about the well, the most recent show that just came out, uh, Fear and Loathing, Night One at the Barrowlands. Again, the only reason we're probably talking about it is because it's up on the WWE Network. You know, there's... Uh, and there was no wrestles on to watch, so that was that. It. So it was there. It was there to watch. Didn't yeah. have to, to get any money. So we're all good. We're morally we're okay. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about Fear and Night One, um, which we'll get to later on. Um, we'll also have a bit of a chat about Ring of Honor Final Battle, which we uh, we stayed up and watched last night. Some of us managed to watch the whole thing. It's not my fault. I love a nap. I didn't get my afternoon nap, so of course I fell I fell asleep right at the end, though. That's alright. Yeah, it was a... We'll get on to it, but it was a long main event, so... Um, well, it felt long anyway, so... Fair play. And we've got some uh, some fan questions, which we'll get into. Uh, some some quite a lot of listener questions today, which is, uh, which is quite I nice. I can't wait, I quite like this part. D- they will form some debate. Um, <laughs> but yeah, on, on the back of the last episode, you know, we've got we've got a good reaction off the back of it. A lot of, yeah. a lot of positive feedback, which was it, nice. This was... 
we had the most listeners ever. Um, we had more listeners than people I know. Um, so that's interesting. And yeah, it was really nice. We got some really nice responses from people. So it was always good. Literally, we only started this just as a laugh. Me and Kyle, sometimes Mark. Just to kind of talk rubbish about wrestling, talk about what we like. We honestly didn't think anyone was going to listen to it at all. We expected no one to listen to it. So the fact that people do on its own is, is pretty cool. Um, but the nice response has been dead nice. Especially with the stuff I say. Like, that's a shocker. Yeah, I do I do always worry when we hit record um, sometimes for the things you might say. Uh, I don't mean to be controversial, I'm just very honest. Because obviously it's it, it would be impossible not to discuss stuff before we, we record, obviously, if we're travelling up and down from Aberdeen, we've been to the show, you know, we're not going to sit there and go, let's not talk about that for the next 24 hours <laughs> um, until we record. So it is hard to, to sort of have that, you know, sort of natural... Off the off the cuff kind of conversation, but you do you do throw a curveball every so often, and it does worry me. What do you mean? I'm always worried about where you're going with some of your <laughs> tangents, um, especially when I know that some of the guys are listening, and I'm like, oh no, what's she saying this time? Because you you do have a knack for just not liking people for no reason. That's not true. I've always got a reason why I don't like someone. Hmm. I'm not going to name he who shall not be named, but I don't really think there's a reason for oh, that. Oh, no, we're not even... No, we can't talk about him. Nap, nap. Mm-mm. No. It's too early in the day for me to get angry over that. I mean, it's... There is reasons. Okay. I mean, it's quarter past nine, so it's not exactly early in the day. But, again, we're not going to get into that. But <laughs> you you are one for, for sort of uh, making up your mind on people being cut off quite early on. Into nah, I wear... Like, you know that saying, you wear your heart on your sleeve? Yes. I know if I like something, if I don't like something. A bit like Marmite, like you, don't like you. And that's kind of how it is. If you do something, I'm like, nah, I'm not, not a fan of that. Cut off, done, move on to the next one. Don't need to... I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to say what it is. Fair. That's what I do. Fair play. But again, it does have me uh, worried sometimes when we're doing our reviews. But yeah, a lot of a lot of positive feedback. Um, got loads of mentions across various channels. You know, we had uh, a few mentions in Adam's Wrestles on Review um, on the SWM website. Um, again, Billy's been back and forth. We've now got some sort of rivalry with Billy, as mm-hmm. I alluded to in, in the intro there. He's making um, me blush. Again, Mickey Vago. Some great feedback from him. Always. You know, the, the mosh pit, you know. Such a nice lad. Again, this is coming out the same day as a mosh pit episode, though, so there is that. But uh, uh, oh. head to head, the Monday, the Monday podcast wars. <laughs> is that what I've got now? The Monday morning wars. Yep. Just you wait. I'm going to show up. like So you'll see Mickey doing his intro, right? And I'm just going to show up like Shane McMahon. <laughs> the name on the contract. I can't really work out a, a saying for that, but you, okay. you get where I was going. You can think about that. You can work on that one. Yeah, I'll get on the I'll get on the intros. <laughs> so anyway, um, with that, obviously, wrestlers will have announced their next show, which, as we alluded to, we've booked up for. So hotels, tickets are all booked. Yeah, we're now regulars. This is now our thing. Um, so that'll be twenty second of January, Summerhill Hotel, which is no longer the Summerhill Hotel. Isn't um, it? No, it's called like the the Shure Hotel, it's the Best Western or something like that. Um, so anyway, Summer Summerhill Showdown. Something I like. So 
the first couple of shows we went to, it was interesting because I got to learn who the guys were, etc. So it was all new to me. But something I like as well, I don't know any of these venues because I'm not from there. So every time I get to see like a new venue. So does this one have anything that I need to know about? So the first one was shaped like a penis. The second one had a tuck shop. Anything I need to know about this one before I go? Um, not really. Uh, the wallpaper's interesting. Okay. Um, Much like the northern... A lot of stairs. Ah, okay. A lot of stairs involved. Um, Do they have to carry that ring up all the stairs? Yes. Oh, God. Which is hilarious. That wouldn't be me. Um, I hate carrying things upstairs as well. I hate carrying myself upstairs, but it's just me. Just a bit fat and lazy. They should get some sort of pulley system. (laughs) It's like big beams just come up, pulley... Up beside this the Summer Hill. Um as as far as I'm aware, I think the Summer Hill Hotel is connected to um like a farm foods. I thought you were gonna say a farm, I got really excited. No, like a farm foods and like a wee, a wee shopping bit. Okay, so me, you and Mark are gonna go shopping before it or something? We could. That seems to be our thing now. Um, we turn up too early, go shopping, stand in the queue and who knows what you're gonna see. Again, we're probably gonna end up going to Nando's. Oh, you're not getting the hot. I might go extra hot this time. <laughs> no, you're definitely not. I managed it last time. I came managed alive. Is, managed is maybe like one of the words you could use for it. You see, the thing is though... Seeing a grown man cry in Nando's is not something I want to experience ever again. You see, the other thing is though, I got the, the medium the other day. Mm-hmm. Or the mild or whatever you call it. It just wasn't... Oh, it didn't hit right. It didn't hit the spot. Oh, so in advance, if you see us at WrestleZone and you see Kyle still crying, it's all right. It was just Hernando's. I didn't beat him up. It could be. It could have been either, to be honest. <laughs> so with that, they've announced the, the first match for mm-hmm. Summer Hill, which uh, at this point of recording, anyway, it's the first match been announced. It's Damien versus Zack Dynamite for the title. Which makes sense after what we saw last week. Yep. Again, it's, what, three years in the making. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was going to happen prior to... To lockdown and all that shenanigans, so I think this is a it's a big one. I can really see Zach taking the title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, have they wrestled much before? I am. Um, I think so. I mean, they're two of the guys that have been around for a while, so I would mm-hmm. imagine they've they wrestled a fair few times. So, from what I've saw so far, I think their styles is really going to work well together. Um, and again, you know, sometimes when you get a match announced. For especially when it comes to a title match, you kind of know what the outcome's going to be. You're like, oh, I feel like they're definitely going to win it. This match, you really don't know. Um, Because Damien, obviously good champion. Um, Yeah, seems really cool. Seems like a really strong figure. Got a lot of people behind him. Got a lot of hype. I really like his style of wrestling. I've only saw a couple of matches of him so far. But what I see, I really, really like. And then, well... Kind of the exact same as Zack Dynamite. Um, I've also saw a couple of matches of him as well. Really like what I've saw. Um, really interesting. And I think as well, it's really interesting where they're going with it so far. With the whole... The last show. The whole kind of run out. The whole like Secret Santa thing. Um, so yeah, it's kind of... It'll be interesting to see what the match is going to be like. Obviously, I know we're going to talk about it more nearer the time. Um but yeah, I think it could be really good. I honestly don't know what to expect. And that's what I think is a good match, if you don't know what you're going to expect. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think it's it's Damien and Zack Dynamite. It's always going to be a good match. 
in the fact they're going to be in the main event for the title. You know, it's a it's a big thing. So mm-hmm. I definitely think there's going to be it's going to be a big match. Whether or not Zach takes a title, I can see it happening. But whether or not it happens, um, who knows? Wonder if the lads will get involved. I mean, you'd think they would. So I don't know if that's something that is going to be taken care of mm-hmm. prior to prior to the uh, the event. But we'll see. Um, but yeah, that, that's January. We're going to probably do a review or a, a preview than a review uh, of that show as it comes up. It looks promising so far. If that's their main event and of put that out there then it looks as though it's going to be a good show because no matter what that's going to be a great match so yeah. I'm excited I can't wait and as I mentioned the last episode get Aspen Faith on the show please thank you you are honestly obsessed with Aspen I feel that you have some sort of like deal going on you have to mention him X amount of times a day or the boy just can't exist sounds about right you do it like a wish version of him you know that don't you I mean, I don't know how to take that. <laughs> like, see, if you were to order Aspen Faith and you kind of, like, without your glasses on, take a squint, you're like, mm, okay, that's him. But to look up close, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> you dress very similar. You have the hair. You have the beard. Moving on, then. <laughs> With that in mind, um, obviously, we've been taking trips up to, to WrestleZone. The next company I think we've got our, our eye on is uh, FCW Fair Champ- Fair City Wrestling in uh, in Perth mainly because the Foundation of the Future have been announced for some show in the new year they've not specified um, which one but um, they run shows, they're running Dundee and then they're running shows in Perth It would take a lot to make me go eat anything in Dundee to be fair not a fan of the place. Well, we'll get on to Dundee. That'll, that'll be coming up in from one of our, our listener questions. But yeah, I think that's definitely one that's on the list. Um, I know that, that Caleb um, has been wrestling there. As far as I was aware, he was the champion last I saw. Um, obviously, Aspen wrestles there. Oh, so that means that Kyle's gone then? So, you know, it looks quite positive. They've announced that Andy Wilde's going to be wrestling there in the new year. Um, so... I saw they announced quite a few guys and taking back to what you were saying about the Foundation of the Future, we mentioned it last time, but I mentioned it like from what they're doing just now, their whole stable is something that you could see not just in WrestleZone, but moving to other places. Yeah. And from that, as you can see, they've that's what's happening now. It's something that's marketable, not just in one promotion, which I think is really good and really promising for them. And um, well, from what you've told me is that Zach's been wrestling for a while, uh-huh. but the other two are a bit newer. They've been doing it for a while, but they're still newer to it. So the fact that it's good that they're getting out there while they're still, they're all quite young and new in the game. Yeah, 100%. Good to see. So, as I mentioned, we'll obviously be discussing Ring of Honor and the ICW in a second. But like I said, we do have some listener questions okay. um, that we want to uh, address first so let's see what's happening i'm just pulling up the uh the twitter uh kk wrestle pod on twitter if you want to to follow there cheap plug <laughs> first question is directed at kaylee oh god and this is from funnily enough ryan riley of the foundation of the future and he asks who is kaylee's true favorite mickey vagel or bruiser brad evans he's out for blood isn't he you think it's gonna be some controversy here don't he well, 
I think you obviously know my answer. Like, I'm a very loyal person. Like, loyal to a fault, some would say. Um, Mickey's my lad. Put it this way. I don't have a Bruiser Brad t-shirt. Do I have the one in the last ever Mickey Vago top that was there? Yes, I do. Is it an extra large? Yes, I do. Because that's how loyal I am. Um, so, of course. Um, big fan of both of them. Like I said, if I had to choose my lads, they are my lads. Um, and my wee lad stable that I'm going to start building. Right, you're getting splinters here, Kayla. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Go off the fence. <laughs> no, I told you. Mickey Wago is, is my, my number one. I like him all-rounded. But I do have to say, Bruiser Brad, I think, is very promising. I can see him doing a lot going forward. Love them both, but I'm loyal like that. So, she's Mickey. Okay. Sorry to disappoint. That's fair. That's me going to get punched in the face by Brad next show. Fair. <laughs> next question. Okay. Comes from friend of the podcast, Martin Clunas. Okay. Do we this? It's for you. So. Very, very talented ring announcer. Not so talented as exiting the ring. You're never going to let that go. It was hilarious. <laughs> now that's what I need to see a gif of. That's true. Well, if you'd like to, to take the floor for the question here. So he's asking, what is the furthest distance apart Kyle has ever seen seats placed at a wrestling show? Well, we'll get on to this when it comes to the uh, the Fear and Loathing review. But there, it, it's a tough between two. Okay. So we're either looking at ICW Fear and Loathing at the Barrowlands 2021. <laughs> yes. Or remember when we first did the, the Saudi Arabia shows and they had the couches? Mate, that was not even real. And the couches were about 10 10 mile away for the other ones yeah it's either either one of those two okay fair enough what about a show you've actually been to like you've actually been in the audience for is there any that stand out to you what for seats being far apart yeah no it's not that's not something I think about to be honest I've only noticed it because it was funny at ISW alright okay fair enough it's not so I don't think most <laughs> companies actually put their seats far apart unless they're trying to make it look busier than it actually is or you could you know run a big venue and just black half of it out but um Anyway, what's the next one? Well, this is our, our third and what I believe is the final question. And uh, this is horrific. Um, I mean, is it... I'll, I'll pull up photos for you, actually. Because you'll, you'll, know, you'll know two of them. Um, so this comes from Billy Strachan at the uh, Scottish Wrestling Network. Okay. Friend of the podcast as well. He's asked, Braveheart, Bruce Hart... And Kevin Hart. Okay. Shag Mary Kill. And this is this is where we're it's gonna be a, a tough one, uh, to be honest. Because Not really. How? Right, so <clears throat> we'll start with Kevin Hart. Now the issue is he's funny, he's got the money, but he's a wee man. And I'm a tall lady. Like it would just look weird if I was gonna be this wee man. It looked like I was taking my son for a walk. Um, so that's a thing. Bruce Hart, I can't remember what he looks like again. Can you jog my memory? Um, but it's we'll been a while. I'll get a photo up of Bruce Hart. But then again, Bruce Hart, you've then got. Oh, sorry, like, that's, that's not the one. You've got his family and stuff, so then do you want to be into that, that part of the family? So. And then Braveheart, just go away. Oh, I've got that t shirt. That's ruined my life. I've just saw a photo of 
Dave Lowe Braveheart wearing the same t-shirt I've got. That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, because it came free in WrestleCrate. It's the worst day of my life. I feel like everyone's got it. So anyway, right, I've got my answers if you want to, you want to go with yours first, because mine's going to be quite easy. Okay, so, I'm going to you some logic here, right? So, Bruce Hart's still alive, isn't he? I think so. Yeah. How old is he? He's 71. Put it this way. See, if you married Bruce Hart, you'd then be part of the Hart family. Think of the things you would see. Yeah, right. So here's my thinking, right? So I'm going to marry Bruce Hart. Okay. Because, again, he's 71, right? Okay. Least inconvenience here. Fair enough. Like, if it ends up being 20 years, that'd be astounding, right? Let's be honest, right? So, Bruce Hart, marry him. I'm sure he's got some good stories to tell. Yeah. Right? We're then gonna shag Kevin Hart. Of course, you are. Because I feel like the 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 situation there is right. You've either got Braveheart or Bruce or, or Kevin Hart, right? Mm-hmm. No one wants to go near Braveheart. That's really that's really your thing. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of backed me into a corner. So I had to shag okay. um, Kevin Hart. Braveheart, death upon him. Is ultimately the the answer here. Um, you'd have to kill Braveheart because again, it's just better for everyone, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm kind of similar how you were going. Right, again, we're killing off Braveheart. Just put it out there. Um, Bruce Hart. So this is what you would do. You would marry Bruce Hart because number one, just because you marry him, he's seventy one. I'm not touching him. I'm just marrying him. And then just think, being round the table at dinner. When you get them all there, that, that'd be quite cool. You'd get to hear the stories and all that and stuff, I think. Your life would be pretty sound. You'd, Living you'd... in Canada, I could do that. It's cold. I'm used to the cold places. It's fine. Um, And then, yeah, Kevin Hart, one and done. Get it over with. Again, wee man. But then he's good friends, people at The Rock. So that's when you'd be like, ah, he's your pal. Get connections, get him with The Rock. Yeah. The long game I'm playing here. The thing is, he's too annoying to marry. Can you imagine him nipping your head every day? That's true. Nip, 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 nip. Oh, no. You nip my head every day. I, but you can you imagine him? Even worse. Again, I just can't take him seriously because he's such a wee man. But that's just because I'm quite tall, so it just it's a bit weird. Tall lady. Yeah. So there so we there, go. There we go. There's, there's your questions. If... I love that we're both shagging Kevin Hart. Go for it. <laughs> if you'd like to ask further questions to the, the podcast, then by all means... Hit us up on KK WrestlePod on Twitter. Find me anywhere on the internet and just ask me a question. Find you anywhere? Find me anywhere. You find me in Tesco, you grab me and ask me a question. Oh, for God's sake. That's the rules. Don't grab me. I'm I'm known to a throat throat punch, so avoid. I won't throat punch you, I'll answer your question. Okay. Okay, there we go. So, now we get into the meat and potatoes of the... uh, of the pod. So before we get into to kind of ICW, because I think that's going to take up a bit of a bit of time, um, because by God, that show felt like it went on for a long time. Well, so it's I'm, funny, one I did fall asleep during, and one put me to sleep just in general, so... So we'll, we'll go through Ring of Honor, because again, I mean, you're not really a big Ring of Honor fan, I haven't really seen much no, going into that, you? I knew, I know the stuff everyone knows, but I never really watched it. Which now that I've now they've came to an end and it's been more in my focus, I kind of want to go back and watch a lot more of it. It was just I don't know, 
I feel like every single person I speak to is always saw it. It just never really crossed paths with that at the time. Um, but it was interesting to see. It's sad that they're kind of closing up shop. I know they're saying it's just for a bit of time, but I don't know. The way they were talking didn't really seem that way. Yeah. Um, I mean, personally, when it comes to Ring of Honor, I, I probably started watching... Probably around 2013, 2012 time. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of when I got into to sort of independent wrestling. Um, it's kind of one of the big ones you, you kind of look at when you're you're talking about that stuff. Even though technically they're not independent because, you know, they're a company with written contracts and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, so around that time, so I've always been a big fan of kind of that sort of generation with the Bucks, Briscoes, um, Kaz and Daniels, obviously, they came over from, from Impact. You then had Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly. So when they went to Derby, it was a big thing for me. That's why I think it's interesting. So I've been like a wrestling fan for, well, forever, it seems like. Like, as soon from I can remember. But because I had no friends that liked wrestling, and then kind of grown up and being like a girl who liked wrestling wasn't really a thing. So with that, it was more... I just kind of watched what was there. So it was mostly like WWE and stuff. Didn't know a lot about independence at all. Because again, I didn't have anyone I could talk about, look into it. It was more just I saw what I saw. So it wasn't until I got older I started looking into this. So I felt like I missed the heyday of all this stuff. And it's like I have to go back and watch it all now. So yeah, this is where it's weird now. This stuff that I didn't realise I knew. Or the people I was like, had no idea they were doing X, Y and Z. Like some of the names you were mentioning. Some people I had no idea they were even part of it. Mm. Um, just because, yeah, I was a bit naive to it kind of growing up. I didn't really look for other wrestling. Because it was more just kind of like my dear little secret. As weird as that sounds. Yeah, so, so some of the people that sort of I kind of remember from my time. You know, all kind of went on to other things. And I think... One of the, the big parts for me was the time I was really invested was while they had the deal with New Japan. So it was probably their, their heyday. And obviously, when you look back at it now, you look at like the old days with Punk and um, Samoa Joe and Danielson and all that sort of stuff when you, you go back to like the start. But for me, I think their, their best period in terms of a company was when they had the link with New Japan and they had these sort of insane shows with, you know, Nakamura, you know, Okada was coming over, you know, said the Bucks, and all those sort of things were, were kind of happening. So um, I think when AEW came along, it obviously took that away, mm-hmm. and it kind of took away a lot of the, the big guys. So it kind of went downhill from there. But well, we'll obviously get onto the show, but I think they're, they're sort of teasing April is, is sort of comeback. And I think from what I've been, been sort of looking at, it's as if they're just going to come back and be like an, an indie promotion. Yeah. Um, they're not going to sign people to contracts or that stuff because that's really what they were. Yeah. Was. It looks as though they've they have a lot of good people in their name and something we were saying before. So, well, the first time I ever watched Ring of Honor was actually when we started going out. You put on a show, and that was the first time I ever saw it. I think that's when Adam Cole that was there. Yeah, probably yeah, two thousand sixteen or seventeen. Eh? Mm-hmm. And then so yeah, so what it seems to be from what they're saying, it seems to be they've. Signed all these guys, just with the pandemic, couldn't pay for it. So the only way they kind of get out of all those contracts was to kind of shut up shop, which is a shame, especially when you see how long they've been going and and everything as well. Because say what you want, 
even when they come back, there's going to be a little bit of a hype at the start because obviously they're back. But I feel like they've lost a bit of their momentum um, now. And even last night, last night I had a weird feeling. It was as if they'd kind of just, I don't know, kind of gave up. Do you know what I mean? Just kind of been like, ah, uh, accepted it's the end. It just didn't feel like a big hurrah. They were kind of leaving. It's a bit of a weird feeling. I don't know if that was just me that thought that, but no, I get that. interesting to see. I get that. Um, so we'll, we'll get onto the show and kind of skim through it again. Not a lot of details. I wasn't really taking notes or anything during the, the show. So just like kind of our brief thoughts. So they they had the one hour pre-show, um, which was which was live everywhere, live on Facebook, YouTube, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so open a match, we had uh, the six-man tag team titles on the line. Which should not be called the six-team Six-man tag team titles, right, okay, this is... I'm going to go on a wee rant, so first of all, if you don't want to hear this, skip ahead a wee bit. It's not six men that hold the titles. This is what I don't get. Like, it's not six men, it's three men. Because last night you were trying to be like, oh, but six men in the match. It doesn't have to be. You could have three, you could have six men, minimum. You could have nine men. You could have 12 men. It's not going to be a six-man match. The titles, they are named wrong. Yeah, but... It's not six-man. There's not six men in that tag team. It's not a six-man tag team. It's a three-man tag team. It should be the three-man tag team champions. Yeah, but the point is... Or a triple man. I don't know, something like that. There's no six of them. They're talking shit. I mean, I'll agree it should be just called a trios title. But exactly. The, the thing is, I from what I'm getting is, they always defend the titles in six-man tags. Hence why they're called the six-man tag I think it's a dumb name. Championships. I'm, see, just for calling it that, I'm glad they've stopped. Oh, God. <laughs> so, this match was The Righteous, which was Vincent, um, Bateman and Dutch, um, against the Shane Taylor promotion, who I'm a big fan of. So there was Con, Moses and O'Shea Edwards. Um, Shane Taylor promotions were the champions going in, mm-hmm. and uh, The Righteous left with the, the win in the end. Do you have any, any thoughts on the match? One of the best matches of the night. Um if I remember correctly. Really good. A lot going on. Kind of opened it up. And what I liked about this as well with the pre-show, it was actually a pre-show with matches, not just a pre-show that's showing you loads of vignettes where you're like, right, okay, I've, I've saw that. Yeah. Cool. You're actually making me not want to watch these matches now because you keep going over the same things. They A really good combination of getting you hyped for the matches without overburdening you with them and actually showing you, hey, we do wrestling. Here's some wrestling for you to see. Um, and with that being said, these matches felt like they meant something it wasn't as if you were like, oh, you know, you watch WWE and you're like, oh, they're on the pre-show. Oh, yeah. pair them. You were like, oh, you're on this pre-show, you've, you've got a match. So, yeah, it was really good. Interesting to see. Yeah, nothing annoys me more than when a pre-show shows you all of the vignettes that they then show you before the matches anyway. That's one thing that bugs me. Derby do it all the time. They spend the whole pre-show showing you oh, here's this video package, and then before the match, they show you the same video package. Yeah. So you've seen it about three times before the show starts. Exactly. But, um, no, it was good. Yeah, aside from that, a big thing at this match was Con is the is, is a superstar for mm. me. I think, obviously, with, with Ring of Honor, you know, releasing all their, their sort of wrestlers and stuff like that, he's one that I don't think will have much of a problem getting a job mm-hmm. elsewhere. You know, he, he wrestles well, he's big, looks good. Yeah, you know, looks really good. Do you know, overall though, do you know the one thing that I couldn't stop thinking about though during this? I just felt so bad for them all. There was as if, 
I know it's getting a bit deep for a second, but seeing knowing these guys, like, just before Christmas, have lost their job. Like, it was kind of like a weird, bittersweet moment watching this show. It just felt a bit sad. So I hope, with that being said, these guys, a lot of them I hadn't seen a lot of before, I'll admit that, but I really hope people snap them up because there's some really good talents that we saw during this whole show yeah. that I feel they could easily be slotted into other places. And I hope people do pick that up and they don't just kind of get left in the sidelines. Um, but yeah, definitely what you were saying. Very, very good match and a very, very good, good wrestler. Yeah. So next up we had Miranda Elise and the Allure, which is Angelina Love and Mandy Leon, against Chelsea Green and the Hex, which is Alison Kay and Marty Bell. Uh, the Miranda Elise and Allure picked up the win by pinfall. Uh, again, it was just a, a standard match. Any major thoughts? Just not a massive fan of women's wrestling. I know you're not allowed to say that, but. That's a bold opinion to have, isn't it? I'm a girl, I'm allowed to say it. It's a big blanket statement. No, you know what I feel? It was just a lot of hair flipping, hair pulling. I don't want to see that. That's not... It didn't work. I just felt like this match just seemed a bit... Let's just shove them all together, see what happens sort of thing. Chelsea Green, I will say, always really like Chelsea Green. She stands out completely different from the rest of them. But the issue I had with this one, which is very different to the female match we see later on in the show... It just kind of felt like it was on it for the sake of it. Nothing exciting really happened. Felt like nothing really came of it. And then I know it's maybe their last show, this whole big thing, but they started off the show, um, sorry, this match with We Hate You, We Hate You. And then as soon as the pinfall went, they were all hugging and crying and living <laughs> together. And I was like, I know we're not stupid. I know it's like, it's it's fake, right? But still, come on. Yeah. like. Especially on your pre-show, when you're getting people who don't don't really know a lot about it. I just felt like, oh, well, there was like very little I was invested in this match, and now I really don't care about it. Yeah. Again, it was it was decent enough. Finish was uh, a bit dodgy, but yeah, it was it was what it was. It was yeah. just a, bun- a, a way to get everyone on the show, really, I think, for the last show. Um, and the final match of the pre-show mm-hmm. was the big 10-man tag, which was a bit of a... A mental one. Uh, yeah. It was a bit all over the place. So we had, and here is a list of people, we had one team, which was PJ Black, Flip Gordon, Brian Malonas, Beer City Bruiser, and the world-famous Cheeseburger. Also, oh, PJ Black is looking jacked. He looks weird, I'll tell you that. Yeah, but he looks jacked. What's up with that wee beard thing, the wee, the wee plate in his beard? Let him be. That's, he's just a bit weird, though. <laughs> <laughs> then we had uh, LSG, Sledge, Max the Impaler, Demonic Flamita, just mm-hmm. a big goth Flamita, and Will Ferrara. Uh, PJ Black's team picked up the win. Yep. Again, this was just one of those matches. They kind of all went over each other, had a big flippy match, got the crowd warmed up. Yeah, it was all right. Was I felt like the first part of the match was really, really good. The second part kind of fell a bit flat. Um, was this the one with the kind of botched ending? And you were like, is that it? Uh, no, that was the women's match. Ah, okay. But yeah, this one was alright. It felt a wee bit like, I don't know, kind of brought everything down a bit. It, put it this way, it wasn't the kind of like big match that you'd put on just before you want people to buy your pay-per-view. You'd want something yeah. a bit more exciting to be like, oh, I need I need to see what happens next. It was kind of like, mm, alright, cool, whatever. Um, it felt a bit all over the place, kind of last minute. But yeah, it was alright. It was alright to watch. You kind of... If you just want to come here, easy watch, watch wrestling, then you got you got it. Yeah, again, another example of them just kind of throwing everyone on the show for yeah. the last show. Which, and this is the thing, see when it comes to this one, because it was the last show, you excuse stuff like that more. 
if this was just a normal pay-per-view, then you'd be like, oh, it'd be a bit more annoying, but you get it. It's fine. Yeah, not not really much to talk about in that match. No, to be honest. Done. Um, next match was the open match of the the main pay per view, and it was Dragon Lee against Ray Horus. Mm-hmm. Uh, two luchadors again. Ray Horus been around for years. I think he's been around for since like two thousand seven. Uh, Dragon Lee, relatively newer. Uh, obviously, he is uh, Roosh, his brother, former Ring of Honor champion. Again, this match lived up to expectation. It was Dragon a, Lee looked amazing. Yeah, it was a so good. It's a great opener. Dragon Lee is incredible. One of the, the better. It started off so fast, um, yeah. and right into it, and it felt like they knew each other very well. Everything was just going so smoothly. Every everything was hitting hitting right, and even then when they were doing like, I don't even know how to say it. Just everything just went so smoothly. It was such an easy watch. It was so exciting. And so fun and a great way to start off the the pay per view. Yeah. We were so excited watching it. Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely a, a sort of good opener. You know, it was one yeah. of those matches that kind of gets everyone off their seats, kind of getting involved with dives and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah. definitely definitely a good match to, to start that one that one off. Mm-hmm. It was very very Ring of Honor, I'll yeah. say. And uh, Dragon Lee picked up the win. I can imagine he'll be absolutely fine for bookings. Mm-hmm. Uh, following on from this, I'm sure he'll be all over the place. Then we had the World Television Championship up for grabs. Any issues with World Television Championship? Is that, is that okay? That's 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 named adequately. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Just wanted to check in, just in case there was any issues with the... Wait, it's not uh, only meant to be um, defended on the television rather than on pay-per-view, so... I mean, that's what it should be. Okay, well, there's your first problem. But it's okay, we'll move on. Okay. I mean, that's what it should be. It's but not as silly named as other ones. Anyway, <laughs> so we had Dalton Castle uh, defending his title in a, a four-corner survival match against Rhett Titus, Silas Young, and our good friend, Joe Henry. Our good friend? He follows me on Twitter, that's all I'm going to say. So Is that what counts as a good, f- that's, <laughs> good that's, friend? That's enough for me. Am I good friends with Endups then? Yes. Okay. Am I good friends with Barack Obama? Yes. <laughs> Am I good friends with John Cena? Yes. Oh, I'm good friends with John Cena as well. He this follows me too. This is how it works. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So Joe Henry, representing Scotland, unfortunately didn't pick up the win. But I will say he looked so good during Jack. that match. So there might have been a tiny bit of bias because we want him to do well, obviously. Local hero, etc, etc. But genuinely, taking that out of it, he looked like one of the strongest guys in that match. He just, his look was really, really good. His entrance was really, really good. During the match, he was just, I don't know, he's got a whole new persona with him lately. So obviously he's been kind of bulking up and stuff. He looks good. He looks more like a kind of heavyweight and he's really trying. You can tell that he's spent all this time. He's been, he's always good anyway. You always get a really good like um, match out of Joe Henry, but... Yeah, it just seemed like he was holding himself really well. There was times where I genuinely thought, oh, he looks like he's getting the best out of this match and he could do it. So I was a bit disappointed when he didn't win. But again, for someone that's, especially from being from Scotland, you always just feel like the underdogs, but he could he could really go, go places. Yeah, there was, there was one part of the match where he kind of ran in and hit Dalton with the belt. Uh-huh. And I thought from there, that was it. I thought he was going to win the belt. But um, unfortunately, it didn't. Red Titus picked up the win again, a bit of a weird one. But it, he's been there for years, so it makes sense. 
to give him a, a big send off before the everything everyone parts ways. But I will say, out of all of them, he didn't impress me at all. Dalton Castle was really, really good. Silas Young was really, really good. Joe Henry was really good. And Brett Titus was kind of just like a the fourth man in the match. So the fact that he won, I was a wee bit disappointed. But again, I've I've not watched a lot of Ring Honor, so I don't know if there's a lot of fan behind that. But anyway, but you made a good point last night as well. The fact that Joe Henry was flown over for this, they obviously care a lot about him and obviously they can see a lot of potential in him. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously a good thing and that's going to show well for him going forward, I would say. Yeah, fingers crossed he gets booked um, elsewhere following on from this. Because again, I think his opportunity in Ring of Honor was short-lived because of the, the whole pandemic. Which is a shame. And uh, the fact that they're now going out of business. I think if they were continuing um, from now on, I'd imagine he'd be getting some sort of bigger push within the company. But fair play to him. Um, I'm sure he'll be, sure be fine. He's looking good. He's a good wrestler. So Commentators have a lot of good things to say about him as well. Yeah. So it was good. He'll be, he'll be fine. Next up, we had the Pure Championship was on the line in a Pure Rules match. And it was Josh Woods defending his title against Brian Johnson. This was really interesting. So I like this concept a lot. I really like what we were saying. The fact that you can only get so many rope breaks. That's a really interesting concept to bring into it. And bring a whole new dynamic to like submission matches. Yeah, so this match was obviously contested under Pure Rules. Um, again, not to go into all the rules and bore yeah essentially but obviously there is the emphasis on you know submission wrestling hence why you only get um three rope breaks per match so the whole story of this match was that josh was trying to choke out brian couldn't get him couldn't get him couldn't get him and eventually made him use all his rope breaks and then at one point gets him in the corner into the choke he can't get the rope break had no option but to tap out so again, I thought this match was really good. Um, Josh Woods has got potential. I uh, just don't know where he'd be going uh-huh. going forward, but I'm sure he'll be. I'm sure he'll be interested to see where where he goes. Brian Johnson looked pretty good as well. So we'll see. We'll see what happens from there. But that was a it was a solid match. It was nice, really kind of hard hitting match, and you need that every so often, especially when the rest of the show has been a lot of like high flyers, a lot of like flips and spots and all that sort of thing. You need. A kind of more like mat wrestling style. That's personally my favorite type of wrestling. Is that type? Yeah. Um, I know we have very different types of like wrestling that we prefer, but I prefer I prefer more hard hitting submission mat wrestling etc. So, um, yeah, it was good to see and it broke up the show really nicely. It was in a really yeah. good part of the the show. So yeah, I liked it. And it was especially nice to have this when we had the next match that came up, which was the fight without honour between Shane Taylor and Kenny King. So we've obviously not been paying a lot of attention to Ring of Honour um, up until this show, but from the video package, they gave us a good idea of what's been happening. Uh, Obviously, Shane Taylor and Kenny King have, you know, been at each other's necks for a while. Yep. It's kind of got to that stage where Kenny King's been pushed to the point where he's going back to what he used to be like. Man was putting back on his G's and that's when you know he means business. So he comes out, you know, with the, the do rag on, he's got yes. he's got his sort of fatigues on, he's got the uh the Jordans on. And again, as a avid shoe collector, for someone that's willing to put on Jordans and maybe crease them to pr- prove a point, you know you've pushed a man too far. Like, you have pushed him too far. Fair. <laughs> so this match was class. Um, my only question with this match, right, was that it wasn't a ladder match, but there was a lot of ladders at ringside. 
There was a lot of spots that didn't make any sense and didn't bring anything to the match. So at one point they had the ladder on the barricade um, going all the way over to the ring, which didn't look that impressive. It didn't really, it didn't add to anything. It was like they were playing the floor as lava. Um, I mean, the spot was incredible though. Yeah, the spot eventually was, but until you got there, you were like, what are you doing, what are you doing? Um, who was the one that didn't want, to, didn't want to walk over it? Shane. Shane, so they were meant to be, they were both walking on this ladder, people holding it, they were going to meet in the middle and have this big thing. Shane did not want to move, he was terrified. Rightfully now, so though, because that ladder was was not going to hold his weight. It was only like two foot off the ground, like, come on. Yeah, but it would have ruined the spot. Fair enough. Um, so all that, I was kind of just sitting being like, okay, this hopefully comes to something, but then the spot was really, really good, so it made up for it. But until then, you're a bit like, what are you doing? Yeah, so... Again, this match was brilliant. Um, I think you know they they used everything well. Again, we're talking about that spot with the the ladders. Shane Taylor had the package pile driver onto a ladder across the barricade. The ladder kind of just yeeted out of the way, and uh, he pretty much just pile drived them from about five feet in the air. Yeah. Onto the ground. So I thought Kenny King was dead. Um, the rest of you know the the spots were were pretty good. There was a couple of table spots. Um, again, it ended with the package pile driver on the chair. Uh, Shane Taylor picked up the win. So yeah, it was uh, it was pretty solid. Seeing two big guys just punch lumps out of each other, you just got to see it sometimes. It was decent. Exactly. We can We just kind of started to come into the the tail end of the show at this point. So we had the women's championship. Um, up for grabs. It was Roxy who was a champion um, against Willow Nightingale. Again, I thought these two looked pretty good. They looked really good. I was worried about this match. Don't know about you. During the the video package, they both seemed very happy, go lucky, very everything was sweet. And I was a bit like, mm, I don't know how that's really going to relate into the ring. You don't want to have two people that are kind of like, oh, everything's great, everything's fun. It's going to be like a fun kind of match. It, don't always get a good dynamic, but no, the minute that they stepped in the ring, they really switched that. That wasn't the case at all. Roxy looks really, really good. It'll be interesting to see where she goes, obviously, from what we saw after it. Um, Diana came out and kind of called her out, which I think is going to be really interesting. But Willow as well just seems really fun, really bubbly, but a good wrestler. And this is what I was saying compared to the other women's match, which is just kind of like hair pulling all this very like cheesy, like crap um this was like a genuine match and i liked it and they kind of brought it back yeah i thought it was it was good overall um again never really seen either of these two before um match itself was really good not really much to say about it to be honest um other than it was it was good um after the match obviously like you alluded to we had uh donna perrazzo come out and challenge roxy for her belt any time, any place. So it looks like she might end up in Impact or AAA or whatever. Um, MLW, I think, is where they, they work in. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens mm-hmm. going forward there. But that was, that was a good one. Then we had the eight-man tag, which earlier in the show, it was sort of mentioned that it was going to be a, a six-man. But then we had Rocky Romero getting ad- added to the match from backstage. And EC3 then added to the other team. So it was Violence Unlimited, which is Brody King, Homicide and Tony Deppard, with Rocky Romero against EC3, Eli Isom, Taylor Rust and Tracy Williams. Big fan of Brody King. Um, but I'm going to be honest, at this point of the night, I was kind of tired. So I didn't really get a lot of it. 
Um, I was mostly tired because we tried to watch Fear and Loathing, but um, yeah, it was alright. It was cool. I was starting to kind of slow down at this point, so I don't have a lot to say about it, really. Yeah, match was match was okay. Uh, again, I think it's one of those ones where you're now nine matches into a card. You're starting to switch off a wee bit. At this point, you just want the main event. It was I mean? like two in the morning as well. Yeah, so it's one of those ones. The match was decent enough, to be honest. Um, nothing really to, to complain about. What was massive, though, was at the end of the match, um, EC3 was in the ring and started to cut a promo. He then had Buddy Murphy, or not Buddy Murphy, um, Wesley Blake mm-hmm. show up with another person who I've not yet got his name. And they were talking about freeing the narrative, all that stuff. And uh, Big Braun Strowman shows up. That, oh, he looked good. He's He's been working on himself, hasn't he? Big Baldy Braun shows up, uh, lays out a couple of guys in the ring. Do you know the one thing that made me laugh, though? Big guy, big personality. He had, like, tiny wee shoes on. He just had these tiny wee feet. You can see him in his big boots. He had tiny wee... See when you watch it back, look at that. He had tiny wee feet. Okay. I just took away for it a minute. I'll remember that for next time. <laughs> um, so yeah, that could be interesting going forward that, that EC3 and Braun are now a thing uh, with Wesley Blake and the other dude. So we'll see what, what comes from that. Mm-hmm. We then have our two last matches of the night. So the penultimate match was for the, the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. And it was the champions uh, OGK, which is the uh, original Kingdom, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett, with Maria Canellas. Facing the Briscoe brothers, so Jay and Mark. Again, this has everything you wanted in it. It was the Briscoes in the Kingdom. I really like the Briscoes as wrestlers. Again, the Briscoes I've watched for years. The Kingdom, again, remember watching them back in the, the sort of older Ring of Honor days with Adam Cole. Big fan of them back then. Big fan of them now. Again, so this match was, was really, really good. There was a lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know when Jay Briscoe got busted open. He just randomly started bleeding. I think that's just a thing he does. It always just seems to bleed. He somehow bleeds. Uh, match was good. Briscoe's picked up the win. I still think that if you told me that they were brothers with J. Cole, I'd believe you. They have very similar features. Fair. Um, so like I said, they picked up the win. You know, they come out, they do a promo about how it's not the end of the story for them. But Any then, ta- it gets even better. Any tag team, any place, um, all this stuff. Lights go out. Everyone's thinking, what's this? Who's showing up? It's only FTR. Which was so random. It makes sense, though. Yeah. Because I think, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, is it the Bucks? Is it Lucha? Lucha Bros? But I think the Briscoes versus FTR makes so much sense. That's such a good match. Yeah, and the fact that the Briscoes really care about tag team wrestling and that's the whole thing that FTR really prides themselves on is people that really want to do well with tag team wrestling so I think it'll be a good dynamic for them. Yeah, 100%. So yeah, I, I definitely think that's going to be a, a big one. Um, I'm assuming it's going to take place in AEW so fingers crossed that'll be something that'll be coming to our, our television screens soon enough. Mm-hmm. So the Briscoes will do very well over there so um, yeah, looking forward to to that one. Hopefully it's for the belts as well. It could be quite interesting. Then we move on to the main event of the evening. Uh, this one was, as announced earlier, for the original Ring of Honor World Championship. It was Jonathan Gresham versus Jay Lethal. It was originally meant to be Bandido versus Jonathan Gresham uh, as Bandido had came down with COVID, 
did find last minute replacement and they got Jay Lethal from AEW to come back for his, his final match. So this one, again, you missed this one. Um as far more as Oh, more. I fell right asleep the minute that um Jonathan Gresham came out. I just could not stay awake. Yeah. So this match is what you expect from the two of them. Loads of great technical wrestling back and forth. You know, they, they kind of just went at it. Uh, at one point, which was weird, the whole ROH locker room came out to the ring. Oh. So, like, the whole roster, including Brian Zane, which ruined it for me, seeing his big face on hard cam. Clean your glasses. Right. Um, but Joe Henry was there, got himself on hard cam. He's no, he's no stupid. Uh, so they're all around the ring, um, getting involved in the match, being like, oh, ah, oh. Uh, Mark did mention to me that wouldn't you be annoyed though if you'd paid for front row tickets and then some like big wrestler stands in front of you and you can't see the finish to the last match? Ah, uh, that would be a bit annoying. But yeah, what so, can you do? So yeah, um, Jonathan Gresham picked up the win with submission. Again, great match, great way to kind of go out. I think it's kind of you know just kind of represented everything that. Uh, Ring of Honor stands for so yeah fantastic match it was a great show overall yeah do you know the one thing I think is weird though they were acting this was the last match but they've got three more shows after this already taped though ah okay I didn't realise they were already taped Um. so yeah so that was their the last show and, and again it's one of those ones that you know it's it's sad to see them go but I'm interested to see what they do now and what this April is, is going to sort of compromise of but we mm-hmm. will we will see we'll find out then in the the near future but that was our uh a brief discussion on roh final battle thought it was important to, to kind of mention how you felt about that but f- you know you've all been waiting for it this is the main event oh, i'm buzzing we're going to talk about icw fear loathing so for those of you who are not in the loop which i'd imagine is none of you because Anyone who listens to this knows Scottish wrestling, I imagine. Um, if you don't, then thank you for listening. I don't know why you're listening, but thank you. <laughs> um, so if anyone doesn't know, obviously ICW, based in Glasgow, were arguably the biggest promotion in the UK uh, at one point. They were running the, the Hydro to 6,000 people. They had Kurt Angle. They had the Dudley Boys. You know, They've had Kevin Nash, Rey Mysterio... Anyone, you can name it. At one point, Drew Galloway, when he was our champion, was tearing up the Indies and representing them all over the world. Balor came back. They had Foley as a general manager. Or was it general manager was counted as? Or just the commissioner or whatever? Something like that. Um, BICW have done some amazing things over the years. Um, They have been hampered slightly by... Slightly. The NXT UK... And yeah. a lot of a lot of their guys being contracted to RB. Obviously, they still work with RB, but you know it means that they're not necessarily getting the guys as much as they they normally would. Uh, before COVID, Noam Dar was their heavyweight champion, and then has not been back since. You know, and again, half of that is COVID. But again, you've got that issue where people are contracted to RB, so you're you're relying on RB letting you have them all that sort of stuff. So they have been hampered slightly by that. Uh, again. Um, Rightfully so, a lot of the roster is gone as a result of uh, the, the speaking out stuff last year, which again kind of forced them into a corner with uh, having to use a lot of younger guys, which means the, the product isn't you know as hot as it used to be. Well, this is the thing. So 
we used to go to their shows regular all the time. That's actually how we met. We was going to these shows all the time. Um, and yet we've fell away from it for a while. So I've not saw their shows in, I, I couldn't even tell you how long it's been. So this was the first time we've watched an ICW show in years, I want to say. And it's just weird. Yeah, there's a lot of new guys, a lot of up-and-coming talent, which is fine, but the issue is... I just feel like I don't know anyone. I don't know about you. Yeah. So as I was saying, you know, the the show itself, um, it, it's fair and It's their, their biggest show of the, the year. You know, it's the, it's the big one. Like I said, they've had, you know, the likes of Mick Foley, Dudley Boys, Kurt Angle, Rey Mysterio at these shows... So it's quite interesting to kind of see the the comparison between, you know, where they've been and where they're at, and it's not necessarily fair to kind of um, compare the two. But again, that's kind of of where we're gonna we're gonna go today with this one. So again, like Kelly just said, you know, the the show itself, a lot of people wouldn't recognise, is is a result of you know them not necessarily having been on the on the scene for a while. There's some people that we've seen in other promotions and all that sort of stuff, but uh, apart from that, there are some people that are, are brand new faces, so it'll, it'll be quite interesting to, to kind of see what we thought of uh, of the people on the show, good, bad, indifferent, uh, or whatever. So we'll, we'll just jump into it. The first match, I mean, we, we sort of came in initially, before we get to the first match, we came in uh, with Billy Kirkwood, Jane uh, Louise, and... I believe it was James Kennedy. Yeah. Doing their intro up on the, the top of the stage, like the old times. Uh, again, it was quite nice to see. It was quite nostalgic to, to kind of see that. That sort of Billy Kirkwood intro in front of the Barrowlands, all that sort of stuff. So uh, it, it was good to see. My my first sort of note that I've taken before we even started with the matches was just it was weird to see such a small crowd in the Barrowlands. Yeah, it was really small. Um, It was... Well, kind of what I said earlier on, it was really spaced out. But some of the things that I noticed, there was people that used to go to it all the time. There was regulars that were like, I stub you till you die, sort of thing. I, I really didn't recognise anyone in the crowd, really. There was very little people that I recognised as actually going to ICW. And then from when we used to go, it used to be packed out. Some people may say to more than capacity. Um but then at some points when you kind of panned around the crowd and you saw at their standing section just three rows of people standing, it was it was weird. It was a very small feeling, which is something you wouldn't normally expect from something like their biggest show of the year that used to run the Hydro. Yeah, what I would probably recommend to do if you're trying to get an idea of, of what they used to be versus what they are now is watching the funerals in the first year they ran the Barrowlands where it was uh, Jack Jester versus Drew Galloway in the main event for the title. If you watch that, you'll kind of see, you know, what, what I'm talking about. You know, mm-hmm. it was just seas of people. Same venue, very different outcomes. And again, part of that is the seating, but even then, if you look at the seating, it's very spread out. There's a lot of empty space. Yeah. I don't know. I guess they had the venue booked prior to COVID, all that sort of stuff, but I feel like it was just a bit, they they could have held this in the garage. Yeah. Do you know what I mean like I mean maybe maybe they couldn't have. I don't know the actual numbers, but it just looked very. It yeah. didn't look like it needed to be at the Barrowlands. It's weird, as a kind of outsider, and I don't know if this is just my opinion. This is not 
factor or anything. It seems to be that they've changed who they are just now. Again, we mentioned at the start for different reasons. A lot of guys went to NXT, there's been COVID, etc. There's loads of different reasons. So they've changed the product, which has then brought in different fans, as in different people are now going to be drawn to it. There's going to be a lot of people maybe they've lost from it, etc. But they're still trying to run the same size venues like they were, but they've not got the same hype behind them anymore. They've not got the same stature. They've not even got the same reputation. Because if anything, they've not got a good reputation anymore. They're really having to start from scratch, and that's for many different reasons. But it's as if they're still trying to run the same size venues and still have that there, which is where... I don't know, it's kind of like kind of going back to your humble beginnings sort of thing again. But again, that's just what I think. Yeah. And I'm not wanting to say anything. Yeah. And again, before we get into the, the matches, one of the things I, I've taken note of was the, the production quality overall was really good. Uh, that's something I said we've always had. Yeah. Uh, is, is good production. So again, that was a, it was a positive. And getting into your first match, we had uh, the Zero G title was up for, up for grabs. And again, two people that... We've seen one of them before, mm-hmm. uh, but he was just sort of newly coming into the scene. But two people that are relatively new to, to us anyway, um, in Francesco Akiri, Akira uh, against Daz Black, the champion. Mm-hmm. Again, I thought this match was, was quality. Um, Very good match. Daz Black is probably one of the, the future wrestlers to look out for going forward. I know he's very young. He's, he's just brilliant he's just got it you know when people say oh you've got it he has it he's very he's good he's charismatic he's really good in the ring he looks good he's young there wasn't really anything negative i could say about him that match in general was good and something that we both mentioned it's nice that they're kind of bringing back the origin of the zero g is back to being very like flips and high like doing all this sort of stuff. It just makes sense. It really fits what the Zero G title was meant to be and they really brought that back. So it was kind of nostalgic to watch that to see they're actually doing something with it. And again, overall, I think it was one of the best matches of the night. Yeah, I think these two worked really well together and like we said, obviously had the the sort of, you know, high-flying, you know, flippy stuff. But also what I noticed was they both laid their stuff in. Mm -hmm. They both got physical. It wasn't, you know one of these choreographed kind of matches you see where they're dancing. It was actually like a, a proper fight. You know, they were necessarily laying their stuff in. There was good strikes, all that sort of stuff. I guess that probably helps that uh, Makira's come over from, from old Japan. So again, massive, massive um, stuff in there. Uh, one point on this match, right, and it, it kind of goes out the whole night, a lot of the entrance music, apart from certain guys, it sounds a bit samey-samey. Yeah. It's very generic entrance music. Yeah, and I guess obviously because they're on the network, they have to use the royalty free stuff. But you just a bit, it's a bit weird. Yeah, um, but it was a random, a random point. Um, another point that I'd, I'd made, um, which goes for the rest of the show, was that the camera in the ring for the entrance, like announcements, is brilliant. It makes it feel a bit more legit. It's kind of like, um, in the UFC. Yeah. Obviously, they have a camera in the ring or in the octagon when they announce the, the guys and they zoom in and they film their faces and all that and they film to camera and stuff like that. So, again, that's quite good. Don't mm. really see much wrestling promotions doing that. So, again, that's a that's a big one yeah. um, for me. That's something they've always been really advanced, I would say, on their like camera work and stuff. Their quality always looks really good. And it's something that I think a lot of places could really take from that. 
is that it always looks high quality and it's like anything when you see something you see is put up to a high quality like all their cameras you a bit more invested it seems a bit more legit um so yeah i think that was really good and it is a nice wee touch yeah um and again i think the, the two of them worked really well together i think akira is really good it kind of that sort of hybrid submissions high flying sort of stuff so he's definitely one to to watch out for for the future and um, they mentioned here a match with ian skinner um on one of the episodes of uh, fight club which i didn't think i would say this off the back of any of the matches this night i might want to go back and watch that because yeah. um obviously ian is a fantastic wrestler amazing and if akira's this good then i can imagine their match would have been uh, off the chains <laughs> off the chisel <laughs> As they say. Um, but yeah, a few standout moments in the match. Um, there was a, a point where uh, Daz Black did like a wee backflip thing off of Akira. Like he ran up his chest and did a backflip, uh, which was really cool. Reminded me of, I don't know if you've ever seen this, there was a spot on an indie show, like literally like 50 people there, where Seth Rollins runs up a fat guy's chest and does a backflip. And he like, uses them as a weapon. You've spoke about this, but I've never saw it in my own eyes. It's really funny. Uh, but yeah, it reminded me of that. Um, the one thing I really liked was Akira did like a, a sort of roll-up from behind. It was like an O'Connor roll sort of thing. And then as he was lying down, he didn't, he like he kicked out, but then he did like a, a double stomp onto him, which was disgusting. So that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously Daz Black with his, his curb stomp, which was disgusting again. Oh, it looked it looked intense. So yeah, so Daz Black picked up the win uh, with the, the curb stomp. Rightfully so. Again, I'm going to say it now, this, if not the best, one of the best matches on this card, mm-hmm. by a country mile over a lot of the matches, uh, these two guys are fantastic. I would love to see these guys live, so, you know, if they're ever on shows round about here, we're adopted to give them money to certain promotions. Um, I'd love to go see them live. Yeah. Again, you know, I'm one of these people who are very eclectic with my wrestling. I don't particularly just like one style. I love my high flying flippy stuff. I love my hardcore deathmatch stuff. I love the sort of comedy stuff, the family friendly stuff. I'm a bit all over the place with stuff. So, again, I enjoyed this. If you're more of like an entertainment guy, you're not really going to enjoy this. But it kind of just de- depends. I think it was really good, and from where we're at this point, I was quite naive and thought the rest of the show was going to be at this quality. Same. It was not. But um, it's good. If this is what they're doing with this division, it seems like they've got a really good eye on this division, and this is something that'll be really interesting to see going forward. It'll be interesting to see, like you were saying, Daz Black in other places. Cool to see what he's doing. And again, another one who, because he's young, I really want to see what he does next. He's got a lot of potential. And if he can do this just now when he's young and he's got a very fresh like outlook, he can be really... You could see him doing a lot of different things. This is yeah. what I like. You don't just see him in one box. And I'd be really interested to see what he does next, where he takes us, how far he goes. Now, what I'm going to say as well. Handsome fella. Yeah, you did really fancy him. Handsome fella. <laughs> does very well for himself. Nice hair. Uh this has got me thinking, actually, right? And it's a random thought. I just thought of just now. It's not in my notes or anything. Um, I would love to see, like, a Scottish kind of cruiserweight classic sort of thing. Like, King of the Cruisers with, like, all your sort of smaller guys from promotions all over Scotland. So, you know, you've got your likes of Daz Black, Ian Skinner, 
Um, you've then got the wrestling boys, Conor Malloy, mm-hmm. Evan Young, like all these sort of guys. That'd be good to see. It'd be quite interesting to see that. It'd be a quite good concept. Um, but again, no one's going to do that, in there. So <laughs> Yeah, we'll put it out there. So anyone wants to do it, there's two tickets sold here. Even We'll slap our names on it. <laughs> it can be the Wrestle Factory Cruiserweight Classic. We'll, I would love that. Let's just do it. Let's get involved. We'll do it in our back garden. <laughs> so after that amazing match, we were brought back down to earth with a reminder that Kez Evans exists. Um, so I just don't get it. He's got knee charisma. Interview backstage with Kez Evans. Um, again, we've been... He's just shouting and saying nothing. Would have been funny to have Mark on this one, because apparently Mark's a big fan of uh, of Kez Evans these days. But Mark's not got a lot of good opinions on stuff, so... Just fair. Nah, so... again, this backstage interview, again, a lot of talking, saying nothing. It just wasn't for me. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, I just can't get behind him. I just see him as a guy who accidentally got the briefcase and then they were kind of like, oh shit, what do we do? Um, which is a shame. I just feel that he could be better than what he is. He's just been put in a really shite position, to be quite honest. Yeah, and I think this is the issue, isn't it? That a lot of the big names that ISW have put a lot of time and invested into have kind of gone. So for people like us who have been there, we're now seeing guys who before were treated like, you know, nothing on the card are now at the top of the card and we're like, well, how does that make any sense? Yeah. So there's that, but also what I feel is, and this is on Kez Evans, and it's not his fault as a person, but I feel like he has been in a position where they were treating him like nothing. Then they just didn't really give him a push. They just gave him this opportunity, but they've gave him nothing else. They've not invested in him. They now just expect us to feel something for him without putting any time and investment into him. There's other guys in their roster they're putting a lot of time and effort into that have been there less time than Kez Evans, yet we're meant to care for Kez. I just don't get that. Like, if you're not putting time and investment into the crowd getting behind him, how do you expect him to be one of your top guys? I just don't understand it. Like I said, I could name loads of guys that they've got just now that they're making us really care about. So why should we care about Kez Evans? Which is why I now resent him. Yeah, and again, it is what it is. But moving on from the the backstage interview, we then had the tag team match between Sweeney and Levi against Sakib Ali and Darrow. I believe his name is. Um, it wasn't made quite clear until kind of maybe later on that the whole point of this match was that if Sweeney and Levi won. Sakib was going to shave his head. Over 15 quid. Over, yeah, 15 quid. Which, again, it was th- this match was a, a weird one. Um, I've got a few thoughts. Um, I've, I've sort of taken notes throughout the, the match. Um, Sweeney and Levi looked like something at Emmerdale. Yeah, it was weird. And again... They're trying the whole Peaky, Peaky Blinders thing, right? Why is everyone trying this, right? Stop it. You look like some, you look a farmer. Everyone's trying Peaky Blinders. It's given more Emmerdale. And then... You've got this whole thing where, just a, one small thing, again, this is just, uh, maybe I'm looking too much into it. They were trying to act like um, he was this big deal that were really wanting to get behind Levi. Um, but then the commentators were slagging him off and it really ruined the vibe that you were getting from. It was as if the, the vibe they were trying to give off, yet the commentators were just not working with each other. They were slagging him. It was a big deal, you should love him, but he's also at Skawain. You're like, right, okay, yeah. can you 
be on the same page here. Then we had Chris Toll coming out looking like Del Boy. Yeah, big fan of Chris Toll. Where's Jake and his, uh, yeah. his hat and all that. Um, his megaphone, <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, that was that was interesting. Saki Ali did the WAP during his entrance. Yeah. Which was strange. That was that was something. Um, but yeah, the whole premise of this match was, again, there was a debt owed between Sweeney and Toll, which turns out at the end, spoiler, was just 15 quid. And whoever lost was getting their head shaved. Now, was it going to be the young lad with the nice luscious hair? Or was it going to be the older lad with the bald patch and the the three hairs hanging off his head? I wonder who's I wonder who's getting their head shaved. You know, it takes a real genius to work that one out. So yeah, I thought Daryl looked half decent. Um, crowd seemed to be behind him. Again, I'm I'm sure if I saw more of him, I'd, I'd have more of an opinion. But looked half decent. Um, I did note that Keely used this as a toilet break. Uh, yeah. Which, understandably, uh. Levi wins. He gets the pin. So Levi and Sweeney picked up the win, which means Saqib's got shaved his head. Uh, we then had a weird bit after the match where they were all pals again, so, having a laugh, even though they were fighting each other. This is what I don't get, and this is what I... Like, I don't know how many times I have to say it. Wrestling, you're meant to tell a story. You're meant to believe things. There's meant to be kayfabe, right, whatever. But the whole point is, this guy was meant to be at the start, oh, I don't want my head shaved, don't want my head shaved. Camly sat in the barber's chair just waiting for 10 minutes while they turned on the thing. Where's the whole acting? Oh, I don't want it done, don't want it done. Do you know what I mean? Like, give us something. And then the minute his head was shaved, they were all hugging. Everything was cool. No, like, you've literally... I didn't care about... I didn't think I could care any less about that match. And you've managed to make me care less than that. It's just... They ruined everything. Not that they had much going anyway, but they just ruined it all. Like, come on. This is a thing which I've noted... The big thing with ICW just now, they're not really putting any time and investment on anything at present. This is something you used to be really good at, we used to pride them on. Now it's like even that one match, they couldn't even let the guys go through the curtain first before we were pals, which is just like, come on. It's very simple. Yeah, it was a bit weird, to be honest, the aftermatch stuff. Um, Skeeb got his hair shaved, but he seemed like invested in it. He was like, oh, it's cool. I don't, I don't get it. Well, but, if that was the case, just go and shave your head. Yeah, we'll move on from that one because um, it was meh. Um, we then move into the Glasgow Street fight uh, between Theodorus and Ravy Davy. Uh, the rules behind this one were that if Theodorus was to win, he gets to change the rules in ICW, um, which means that they would go back to their, their sort of classic wrestling, no weapons, all that sort of stuff. Um. Billy, from SWM Podcast, did mention that uh, he wanted to know our opinion on Theodorus's entrance gear. Okay. Which, again, uh, we'll get on to it later on. Look like a Halloween costume. But there are people later on in the show who take the heat away from him on uh, what gear they're wearing. Uh, but, yeah, the, the helmet. The helmet's a bit silly. I mean, I like Theodorus, but the helmet's a bit silly. Right. I just hate when people just wear Halloween costumes. Like, what are we doing? No. And then something, though, when we're talking about people's gear, um, I like the fact that Ravy Davy has, like, a custom tracksuit. It's very yep. on brand. I like that. And, again, something to say, when your biggest name so far in the show is Ravy Davy, 
like third match in. Do you know what I mean? When you're looking at it from an old kind of stance point is is interesting. But now this match was a it was different. It was a Glasgow street fight, so of course, what what do you expect? Um, not saw a lot of Theodorus before. Have you saw a lot of them? Um, I've seen a couple of his matches before. Uh, this is the first time I've seen him on like a big stage. Again, I think he's really solid. Um, he's a good wrestler. A uh, decent match. Did most of his work out in kind of the, the sort of East Coast sort of area. Uh, it was like Reckless Intent and stuff like that. Um, so he's he's been around. I know he does stuff for like Discovery and all that. So he's he's a good he's a good wrestler. Um, personal trainer as well. So you know he looks after himself, which That's is nice. Good. It's good to see a wrestler in, in good shape. Uh, one of a couple of things I've I've noted from this match, um, the whole Ravy Davy shouting um, "fuck the rules." One probably wouldn't be mentioning that because that was something that a certain someone who's been outcast from ISW used to shout years ago as part of a storyline against the rules, <laughs> um, and we don't talk about him anymore. Um, Billy Kirkwood, an absolute gem on commentary, by the way, that I took a note of. He referred to Davy as a bam to the slaughter. Brilliant bit of commentary right there. Brilliant bit of commentary. Uh, there was a bit where Davy did the dive to the outside. He did like a springboard off the, the sort of corner and did like a backflip, right? And for anyone who's not watched the show, right? Remember when Paul London did that moonsault? Was it Paul London? No, I'm thinking, oh, it was Billy Kidman, sorry. See when Billy Kidman did that moonsault in, not moonsault, what was it called? What's that? What's the move called? Shooting star. Okay. When Billy Kidman did the shooting star, I got there eventually. When Billy Kidman did the shooting star and landed on the ropes, yeah, he kind of did that, but he then fell to the outside of the ring, and it was, it was just. It was very awkward. Yeah, I, I don't know what he was trying to do. It I just, felt sorry for him. It just looked a bit. Uh, he nearly killed himself on it. He like, gave that a was, wee try. That it? was the worst part. Um, they then kind of brawled, end up going backstage. Um, they threw Davy down a massive gap in the stairs. Yeah, they threw him down a gap. Then they went into the Barra's Market, um, started just chucking themselves off of that. Which I was saying, see, if I owned one of those market stalls, I'd be raging. <laughs> Could you imagine that? <laughs> the next day, you're, is that, what was that, like a Saturday night? Sunday, you're going, you're trying to open your fag stall. Next thing you know, there's a guy's body print against it. You'd be like, oh, for God's sake. Um, Probably used to it, I guess. Well, true. Overall, it was actually an alright match. See for what it was. It's meant to be a Glasgow street fight. What do you expect? They they gave it their all. The issue I would say is, though, again, if you maybe want to hide the size of your crowd, maybe don't brawl in the crowd. Um, well, my big issue, right, with the brawling in the crowd, and right, we're still in, we're still dealing with the whole COVID situation. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, don't like, brawl through the crowd. I get it's meant. I get it's your thing and all that. It's silly, right? Try and minimise the risk as much as you can. Don't go brawling through the crowd. You know, fighting amongst people. It's just a bit silly. You don't know who's been in the crowd. All that sort of stuff. So yeah. again, just protect yourself. It's just one to to sort of think about. Um, again, I thought it was quite interesting that Theo started using the weapons, which was a nice touch because he was also against it. But yeah. he obviously had to, to go to that level. Um, we got the ultimate I am the table spot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure Matthew yeah. will have that in, in Botchmania soon. Uh, David, or oh, sorry, it was Theo did a dive on David to the outside. It just bounces off the table. The yeah. table just yeets away. 
Uh, and that was the end of the match. It was a. Uh, it was Theodorus picked up the win. Yeah, you thought they would have done that spot or something again, just so it didn't end on a botch. But anyway, what happened happened. Um, yeah, so Theo's won. This is where I'm confused. So the rules are gone, which I'm going to get serious for a second. Say it's a rule. If the rules are gone, night two they have like a king and sanity match where all this happens again. So d- does it does it take effect from a certain date? Like, does, does night two not count? Later on in this match, we also had ICW rules, so is it not, like, effective immediately? This is things that, that keep me up. Um, and then this is where I, I want to find out where this is going, and is this because they're on the network? Are they trying to... Is this new ICW trying to get away from what they used to be? Like, we don't know. Yeah. It's weird to see where they're going to go with it, if it's just a storyline thing, or if it's them trying to become a bit more family friendly use that loosely because where they're where they're sitting just now is that what they need to do just to try and they've changed everything else about themselves is that still the last kind of nail in the coffin and if it is I don't think that's going to go down very well yeah potentially um, so moving on from the match we then had a backstage promo with the Tories uh, Thatcher Wright Ian Skinner and uh, Charles Weiss were backstage there'll be a promo about how Margaret's going to be I'm happy that they're going to win and all that stuff. I love Ian and why do you have to be a Tory? You play it so well though. Like, uh, I'll let you be. Then we had DCT with his little cowboy hat. That was a tiny cowboy hat. Little cowboy hat. It's, it's the opposite of Stan Hansen. You know Stan Hansen had the really big <laughs> the cowboy really hat? Big He's compensating with the little the little cowboy hat. Yeah. It's a very different... Um, so we had a DCT, cuts a promo. Um, he called himself Cactus D. I don't know if that's like Sunny D or, or something. I don't know. He seems to be going through a lot of like split personality nonsense just now with this whole, this whole thing going on. But whatever, again, it's it's, it's what it is. Just the thing just now though, their backstage promos. I feel like the girls just aren't giving them anything. This is the thing. Their promos are kind of standing stale because the interviewers are just kind of standing there, just big eyes. Oh, it's just I don't like it. It needs to be mixed up a bit. Fair. We then move on to our next match, and I am just going to say the name of the match and let Kaylee say what she needs to say. So the next match was Aaron Echo against Logan Storm. Mate, just don't even fucking watch it. Just turn it off at that point. Just go home. It's not worth watching. I'm just not a fan of Aaron Echo. The only person I know that can make Fred Perry not look cool. Man's wearing a cardigan. Who wrestles in a cardigan? Yeah, who wrestles in a cardigan? That was apart from the stunt granny. Nah, just on it. I'm just, just I'm don't even want to speak with this match. It's just kind of bothered. Yeah, so a couple of notes um, from myself. Again, I feel bad because the, the Logan Smith boy seemed all right. Um, he came out. He had a knockoff of Invaders Must Die. Uh, yeah, <laughs> which I will say was was pretty cool. Big prodigy fan. Um, yeah. A uh, couple of notes. Um, Aaron Echo looks like. Uh, my name is Earl on Wish. Or he looks like the guy from Lovely Bones. You know, the killer. His hair just now um, looks like um, Ron Simmons. Um, remember the guy who used to do the exercise videos back yes. in America with the wee, the wee hair? Um, there's loads of things we could talk about. The moustache, what was that all about? Right, it's his gimmick. I mean, to be fair, it was November, so I'll give him that. If he still got it in December... Nah. Then we're having problems. I need to find out, is his gimmick that he's let himself go or has he just let himself go? 
because I just, oh, I don't know, just personal, I've said it before, I don't, he doesn't bring a lot to wrestling as a wrestler, and then he's got no gimmick, he's got, just, he doesn't, he just, I don't know how to explain it. Any, just, anyone, nothing. anyone who can turn a crowd in Aberdeen against a match that involves Scotty Swift mm-hmm. is impressive. And ultimately, that's what he did. Uh, so, again, one of those ones. The thing is, as a wrestler, you want people to love you or people to hate you. For people to feel nothing is is the worst that can happen. And honestly, people just felt nothing. And the crowd were dead. And the thing is, ICW crowds were always very famous for being very rowdy. Yes, they were quite quiet during this whole show. Even the regulars who would take it too far were quiet and just sitting down. Um, but even then, during this match, it was it was dead. It was silent. Yeah. Um, again, to kind of get onto the actual match itself, there was a few things that, you know, like I said, Logan Smith looked looked solid, to be honest. I'd like to see him um, mixing up with like, the Daz Blacks, Ian Skinners, Akira's, those sort of guys. Quite good. Um, again, in terms of the actual contents of the match, one thing I noted, right, and this is a big thing, especially on a big show like Fear and if you can't do a move properly, don't do it. Yeah. Because it's gonna it's gonna look dodgy, right? So see if you can't do something mm-hmm. where you're not hundred percent confident you can pull it off, don't do it. Because again, you're gonna it's gonna look silly. It's yeah. gonna it's gonna look sloppy. Um again, for the match itself got off to a bit of a sloppy start. Um Echo picks up the win. Again, there's not really much more to talk about this match. Also a point to make as well, which something we're not really touched on. So this is over two days. This is a two-day show. And the whole point of your big matches, especially your WrestleMania-type um, show, it should be the best of the best. You should only have matches on there that mean something. You should really only have matches that people are invested in, people want to go for. You shouldn't just throw in random matches, necessarily. ICW did not need to have two days. There was no reason they needed two days. See if they trimmed all the fat. They could have just had one decent show. There's no reason why they yeah. try to have two days and try to be like WrestleMania. WrestleMania does that because they have guys that people want to see. People don't want to see stuff like this. It was just... And this is a thing which they need to think about. Like, I don't know the numbers, how many people actually watch their shows in the network. Like, I don't know. But I'm going to guess that a lot of people in America... There'd be less people in America watch than the people in the UK. If you've got this big show up, people are more likely to want to click on your big shows rather than your like standard weekly shows. And if this is the sort of thing that you're putting out there to see, it's not really giving off a, a great vibe. This is, what I saw, this is what I was saying. If I was running this and I was thinking, oh, think of the names that could be watching this, it's not really something that I'd... A lot of these matches I wouldn't really put in there, especially that last match. Yeah. Um, so moving on from that one... We then move on to, to probably the, the best match of the night, which is my favourite match of the night, which ironically, Wadham wasn't even a wrestler. Um, it was Chris Bungard, the MMA fighter, against staunch Jason Reed. He is the people. Again, Jason Reed is he's got this over big time. Big fan the, of the gimmick. The whole Rangers thing, I think it's quite funny. Um, it automatically gets heat regardless, or he gets cheers, depending on who it is, but um, he's, he's definitely found a niche with that one, uh, especially when, for a long time, there was a lot of kind of nuanced sort of Celtic references with an ICW, with um, those who should not be named, um, you know, Jackie Polo as well, a lot of sort of, they made a lot of Celtic references back in the day, 
So it's funny just to have someone straight out come out and just be like, "Well, the people, the, yeah. big, the big Rangers guy," which I think is it's, it's funny. It's, it's cheap heat. It's, yeah. it's, it's, funny. it's hilarious. And like you were saying, everything before was kind of like hush, hush, wink, wink. Here's a little like secret nod to the fact that um, someone was a Celtic fan. To have someone literally come out, um, I'm just waiting for him to like bring out a flute neck or something. Um, <laughs> the one thing though, I do say, he needs to get more screaming orange gear. It's too yellow. Like, really go full for it. Get Screaming Orange. Like, that's what he needs. Fair. Big fan. Um, again, something that, that Kayleigh mentioned to me, which I've taken note of, was Coach Trip. It's definitely, obviously back in the day, it was, it was Adam Shame, a very serious wrestler. And again, he's kind of getting back to that sort of more serious side. Like whereas it. when he was with kind of DCT and the, the polos and that, he was, you know, a comedy sort of character. So it's good to see him be more serious. Yeah, it worked in that time. When he was with DCT and he was coach trip and he had the polos and stuff, it worked. So it's not to say that it didn't work at the time. It was great. It worked then. But I like now that people are taking him a bit more serious again because he is, he is a decent guy. He really works well. Um, with this dynamic that he's got um, with Jason Reed, and yeah it, it's good because the thing is this is what I think works for Coach Trip as a kind of manager he's really good at bringing that extra level to someone like Jason Reed because Jason Reed's good but he needs someone and I think they two work really well together they've got a really good dynamic um, and yeah I like it yeah crowd were mega hot for this one uh, which was which is good there was obviously a good story going into it um, again, good work at ringside from, from sort of Coach Trip. Red Lightning on commentary was really good mm-hmm. as well. Uh, again, overall, this match was head and shoulders above anything else on the card, apart from obviously Daz Black and uh, Akira at the start. So these were the, t- the two matches that really stood out. And again, we've obviously not watched Night 2 because that's going on the network next week and we'll, we'll talk about that next week. But I think, like you said, these are two matches that if you were to consolidate this show, you'd want this on a show. There's two matches straight away. Yeah. Where you know you automatically got two really good matches on a show, but um, some of the notes I've I've kind of taken was again, um, the the match was really good. They kind of it was a really serious, you know. There wasn't really any, it kind of stuck to what you would expect. Yeah. Um. Only issue I would have said is Bungard kept like running the ropes and stuff like that, which a fighter wouldn't do. Yeah. I get that it's wrestling, but it's meant to be like a hybrid. So like, you know, if you're looking at like. Inoki versus Ali that they did back in the day. Mm-hmm. Ali was not running the ropes and doing drop downs on that. I get it, but at the same time, I excuse it um, because the whole part is he was trying and stuff and whatever. Like I get that he's not a wrestler, so there's a lot of more um, pardons you'd give to it. But what I would say is this was the first match. So how many matches has there been so far? Like what, like five or six? Yeah. This was the first match I watched that I felt like I was watching ICW. Yeah. All the other ones I was like while watching this felt like a like a cheap version of what they were trying to be. This was the first time I was like, I'm watching ICW. And this is because you had the Red Lightning who's just say what you want, he brings like a great he brings it he makes the match something more. He's just good. He talks the talk, he does what he needs to do. People hate him, people love him. Like he brings that. Again, coached up on the outside, doing his wee thing. Jason Reed, really good. I've not saw hundreds of him, um, but what I see, I like, and he really went for it. And then again, I will say, um, Bungard was way better than I expected. Normally when you see someone that's trying to do this, they're very stiff, stale. He can tell he's really put his time in to actually try and learn a wee bit about it. So give him respect, give him his due to that. He really tried some stuff. Um, yeah, 
it looked good. They both came out of it looking good as well. Yeah. Again, I thought there was lots of good stuff in the match. Um, one of my personal favourites was Coach Trip with the loaded cast. Yeah. Uh, revealing that he wasn't actually hurt. He was fine, uh, which is which is a good touch like that. Again, there was a brutal chair shot from uh, from Reed onto to Bungard, which is amazing. Uh, that was that was disgusting when you watched that. And then ultimately we got the the win. Bungard picked up the win. Uh, he snapped his arm, choked him out. What more can you ask for? Again, it was a really really good match. Loads of heat going into it, and they they sort of gave it the right payoff mm-hmm. with Reed now being obviously dead because as a result uh-huh. of this match. So, um, yeah, that was a very very positive match on what was a bit of a lackluster show. So, uh, very very happy with that as well. Reed's looking in really good shape just now. Very good shape. Yeah, yeah it's something that you you don't. I don't know. You just never think about it. But when he came out, I was like, oh god, he's actually in way better shape than. Than I remembered, so yeah, good on him. He's really doing well for himself. And again, with this gimmick, is something that I think he's got it down. He could easily take it too far and make it dead cheesy and make it dead obnoxious. But I think he's got the right level of it because, especially in Glasgow, kind of pulling a, a football gimmick, you really have to to be careful on that. And I think he's he's doing that well. And Chris Bungard again, going back to it, really really good. Yeah. So we then had um, a weird match. It was looking sharp, Jimmy Pierce and the Purge. Against the manifesto, um, first question was what happened to Craig? Where, where's yeah, he, where's I was gutted. I love Craig. Big, what is he? Big sexy. Is that what he calls himself? That's what you want to call him. Then. <laughs> what you? Um, we had the purge. Not seen him in a long time, obviously. Oh, he looks better now. He shaved his head. Crowbar does look better. He looks like Nick Offerman, as you yeah. said. Um, but yeah, with the, with the short hair looks it looks quite cool. Um, what's his partner called again? Stevie James. Stevie James hasn't changed at all. I like Stevie James. I, the only thing I said is, see, if he was to bulk up slightly, he would look better. He's a decent wrestler, but compared to his tag team partner, he just looks quite small. He's not small, but just in comparison, if he bulked up a bit, he would look more like a legitimate wrestler, and that's just a comment. But I can't say anything about anyone's body if you saw me. Again, I really don't have anything to say to this match. Um, I don't really pay much attention to it, because it was... Eh. Um, My issue is, the... The other team, what were they called again? The Manifesto. Manifesto. I hated it. I just don't like... They're just... That... Well, this is this is my issue, right? Is... And every time I've went to like a source show in the past, right? Everyone talks about how amazing ADM is, right? I do not get it. He just stands about with his shoulders up and his hands to his side and just looks dead awkward. He's the most awkward wrestler I've ever saw. He makes me feel uncomfortable watching him. Like, I squirm in my seat, I feel uncomfortable. Not because he's trying to make me, he just is uncomfortable. And then again, you've got the other guys, kind of going back to what we said earlier on, late, like, before the kind of rebirth of um, ICW, they were all just these random jobbers that were just wearing masks and kicking about, but now we're made to pretend they're, like, this big thing all of a sudden. It's like, I just... There's been no build, there's been nothing to it. I just I can't get behind them. I just don't see them legitimate for me, personally. Yeah, again, don't really have anything to say. Um, ADM picks up the win. Um, Pinning Looking Sharp for the win. Looking Sharp was good, always is. Looking Sharp's always great. But, yeah, match itself. Eh. Um, we then had the women's title match. And I'll be honest, right? See, at this point of the show, we had checked out big time. This, I don't know how, right? Because in my head, I was thinking, like, see, when you look at it, it was only a three-hour show. 
right? It felt which, a lot longer. Which isn't that long for wrestling, but it, it dragged on. I'd rather just stint in the jail. It really did drag on. And I think the issue there is that the shows before, like I said, had high-profile matches. This didn't really have anything like that. Also, night two looks amazing. I don't know why. It was as if they went, oh, we'll put all our good um, matches on one show and just put all the pish on this one. Like, honestly, it just... I think next week is going to be way better and we're probably going to have a very different outtake of it. But this yeah. one was just... I just couldn't get behind it. So then the woman came out. Yeah. So, Kayla's already said her opinion on women's wrestling. Uh, I'm a lot more positive towards women's wrestling. I like women wrestling. <laughs> I just don't like all women's wrestlers. And just because they're women doesn't mean I have to like them, which everyone seems to think you have to. Um, so, we then had the women's title match between Molly Spartan and Angel Hayes, which was for the, the vacant women's title. They've not had a women's champion in, what, two years or something like that. So, again, big match, big night to crown the future of the, uh, the women's championship. Um, again... Like I said, we've kind of checked out at this point, so I've not really got much notes um, for the upcoming matches. Um, I checked out mostly because, for me, if you look at the names you used to have, you used to have people like Kaylee Ray, Viper, Casey, etc. And now your title's going after Molly Spartan and Angel Hayes. It just felt like it just yeah. wasn't the same calibre. They've not got... If this is their women's division, they, they need to get bigger names in. Well, and again, this is where I think... Better wrestlers. This is where I think the, the issue was, is that, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, when they had Kaylee Ray and Viper and all that as like their, their top names in the, the women's division, they had been wrestling for years, right? And now you're sort of, they've all gone. So you've now got left with sort of less experienced names, even if they've been doing it for a while, they've not been the top level for for years they've not had big caliber matches so it's going to take a bit of time to them for them to then pick up i think it's not even that it's icw thought there was only four females in the whole of the well world that they could book so they had four people they had and that was it so you never had anyone else even coming in you never had anyone exposed to icw they had four of them and then all four of them left at once and now they're like oh oh we need to, we need to do something so Half of it is on them as well for just not expanding. Fair. Um, again, sort of a decent match. Nothing, nothing right home about. Um, my big takeaway was that we got one of our favourite spots in wrestling, which is the referee. You're out of there. <laughs> um, from from Sean McLaughlin, which again, popped me. Yeah. So that was the main thing. Um, Angel Hayes picked up the win. She's a new champion. Hopefully they start bringing in some outside names for her to kind of beat. Over or the use next... Casey. Yeah, but I'm talking about people she can beat. So like bringing in, like they did with like Kaylee Ray and bringing in sort of these outside names from like down south and stuff like that. Because um, obviously when like you had the likes of Kaylee um, going against like Martina and stuff like that, they used to bring yeah. in and stuff like that. It'd be good to kind of see that um, getting done going forward. So hopefully that's something they do to kind of build her up and then eventually I'm sure she'll go against someone in the... Uh, SW roster, but again, I think she's got a lot of potential going forward. So, um, out of everyone, it was definitely the right choice for, for the next champion. So, yeah, everyone, but there was no other one person that was there, really. No, I mean, they had Casey and stuff like that. There's, there's people there. Um, so, yeah, I think overall, decent match, nothing really that special. We then had our second match, or sorry, second from last match of the night. Um, Somehow I'm even more burnt out talking about it than I was watching it. We had DCT against Thatcher Wright. 
DCT, Cactus D versus the Tory um, Thatcher lover. Um, Thatcher Wright had had this giant Union Jack with Margaret Thatcher's face on it. And my only question was, where do you get that printed in Glasgow? Because I feel like anywhere would wipe their arse with that. True. So, a fair play to them for having the balls to actually go somewhere and ask, by the way, can you print this flag and put Margaret Thatcher's face on it, please? My favourite part about all of that, again, is these two lackeys. The fact that they, they really go... They pull this gimmick better than he does. The fact that they come out, they've got their wee suits on, they then take off the flag really slowly, they fold it up. They two guys, amazing. They're really they're really going full with us. And again, that's a gimmick that could be really difficult to to work with and they really make it their own. Yeah. And again, with the Ian Skinner, the drip, the drip on that boy on this show. That suit with the polo neck, the shoes, oh. He looks good. Chef's kiss. Ian looked absolutely incredible. Uh, and again, folded up that flag very well. He did. So again, superb from him. We are a big fan of Ian Skinner in this in this podcast. Didn't really take away didn't really take anything away from this match to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um again I think you know, it was it was what it was. Ian Skinner, Ian Skinner. Um, Thatcher Wright picked up the win. Uh, DCT afterwards said that that's DCT gone. We obviously know what happens uh, from social media, but uh, he will be making an appearance at night two. But DCT's now gone. He's now going to be using this new gimmick. I think so. that'll be good for him. From what I've said before, I always kind of like DCT. Decent wrestler, decent guy. Everything's good. Just not really feeling this whole like weird eighties grunge rocker kind of thing mixed with a cowboy. I just feel that <laughs> he's good, good wrestler, good everything else. He's really good at putting a lot into a gimmick, but just this just doesn't seem to be his thing. I don't know. I feel like he, there's a lot more he could get out of him. So I think the fact that he's now rebranding himself much better for him. Like everyone can get behind him a lot easier. Just yeah, yeah. I get good that. for him. Um, we then had the main event of the evening for the vacant ICW World Heavyweight Championship. We had formerly known as Jackie Polo, Mr. Jackson. Big fan of Jackson. Against Kez Evans, as we mentioned earlier in the night. Yep. Um, again, I think we both mentioned we big fans of Jackie Polo in general. Um, you know, he's, he's one of those guys that... He commits to the he commits to his gimmick. Like, it doesn't matter to, what he's doing. Yeah, commits to a fault. Some may say, um, especially when he had his whole double J, um, going on. But no, again, something I liked as well. I liked that he had his really popular theme music and he's changed it. So he's still got the words to it, but it's a bit changed up because he's got a whole new like persona. Really big fan of that. Um, yeah. Jackie Polo or Jackson, whatever we're calling him just now, he's doing better, it seems, since he's not got all the other guys with him. He's really taking it serious because he's not got all the lads with him and he's really starting to stand out and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I think so. I think that was the issue before. They had that boys club, didn't they? And it was... It detracted from the actual talent, um, especially when some of them had intentions elsewhere outside the ring. Um, but again, it is what it is. I think, you know, Jackson's one of the, the better names at ICW, so it's good to see him kind of get in that main event 
the main event slot um, on, a, on a show. He's obviously not before. He's a bit of experience. He's a, a callback to the sort of times before with mm-hmm. ICW. So uh, it's definitely good to see. Um, again, we obviously mentioned Kez earlier. I actually think he looked not too bad in this match. Um, he's definitely got himself into decent shape um, to his credit. So again, I think you know, he's, he's working towards it. I just don't like that single on him. It was a bit weird. Yeah, um, I've always been a... F- I always thought he's a good wrestler. I've never had a bad thing to say about him as a wrestler. I just think I'm just not feeling his whole gimmick, his whole persona, and what they're kind of doing with him. I feel he needs to kind of strip it back and just kind of start afresh because I've just got a bit of a bitter taste in my mouth. And I know it's just me, one person. There might be others that feel the same way. I just feel like he just has to... It's quite a kind of different route. I'm just not feeling what he is just now. He's n- he's never changed since he came in. I think that's the issue. He's always been the exact same since the first day we saw him. I feel yeah. like there's been no progression. He's been cre- progressing in the ring, but no progressing to him as a character. And I think that's why I feel stale, because I still see him as the guy that just came up from GPWA. Yeah, and I get that. Um, again, outcome of this match, Jackson picked up the win, takes home the, the world title, it's um, a good choice from them putting it on him. No, I mean we'll see how long it lasts, um, given what happens on it too, which we'll watch next week. But again, I think overall it was a good show. Um, well, sorry, it was a good match. Um, a good way to kind of finish the, the show. It was a classic main event. Again, I think at this point the rest of the show had kind of worn us out to the point where we couldn't enjoy it as much. But uh, to give it its credit, having you know slept on it. It was a decent match. It wasn't anything special, but it was good. So I can't really berate it too much. Um, but that's how the show ended. Again, I think there's a few talking points out of the match, out of the show. The fact that there's only two matches that I was really impressed with um, and actually really excited me and got me interested is a bit concerning um, on a card that size on Fear and Loathing, which is meant to be the, the big show of the year. Again, they might redeem it in night two because we've not watched that yet, that'll be next week so again, there's there's potential but yeah, it's definitely not the ICW that kind of we last saw Yeah, put it this way, after watching that show I'm not going to be rushing, not that I would anyway, but I wouldn't be rushing to watch more or go and see them, that's not that's not happening, whereas there's other wrestling, there's other promotions which is the complete opposite I'm like, I want to see what happens next Like I want to go and do it, for example like we're waiting for an hour, or wrestles on tickets and stuff, do you know what I mean? Which is weird, considering I used to go to ISW every weekend, and now I just, I wouldn't, I don't think I could ever see myself come back to it just now, just for many reasons, but one, it's just not got the wrestling that I want to see anymore. Well, ironically, I used to travel from Aberdeen to Glasgow to watch ICW, and now I travel from Glasgow to Aberdeen to watch wrestles on. Yeah. It's quite funny. Um, now you're taking me. Exactly, but it is what it is. Again, I thought the show was a bit lacklustre, um, but we'll see what happens next week. We'll we'll definitely see. Hopefully it's a bit more positive, because again, I, I hate being negative about wrestling, you know, because again, at the end of the day, we all enjoy wrestling. It's it's what we enjoy, but I like to be honest about it as well. So yeah. again, I try and find the good in a lot of things. Um, some things it's hard to find good in, like cardigan-wearing moustache people. Um, but for the most part, I like to try and be positive. So hopefully the next show is, is a bit better. With that in mind, next week we'll be watching the second half of uh, this show, the the night two. So that'll be 
the majority of the next episode and if anything else comes up then we will talk about it again if you've got any questions for us next week hit us up on twitter at kk wrestlepod um, and, and let us know what you want us to, to talk about after that we're going to have a bit of a a bit of a freedom in terms of you know what we're going to be talking about and what we're looking at so um, we'll, we'll kind of see what we're thinking from there and then going into the new year obviously at the start of the year we've got uh, WrestleZone, the Royal Rumble all that sort of stuff in January and then we'll probably start looking at getting guests on the Wrestle Factory. so again if you listen to this and you'd like to be on even if you're not a wrestler even if you're just a, a personality who enjoys the wrestles give us a shout um, because we are sort of putting our list together. Uh, again, hopefully we don't overlap too much with Billy Strachan, but he's had everyone on, so I feel, like, it, I feel like it'd be hard not to. Um, but yeah, so that's the, the plan going forward. Again, make sure you hit the follow button or the subscribe button or whatever it is on whatever you're listening to the podcast on, whether it's Spotify or um, Apple Podcasts or anything else if you're weird. I don't know what you would listen to anything else on, but Apart from that, that is pretty much all the housekeeping we need to do. If you want to find me on Twitter, my name is Kyle What UK. Kaylee is Kaylee Laugh, if I am correct in thinking. Yep. So again, hit us up there, and uh, we're more than happy to have a have a chat with you, have a laugh. It's been quite nice actually having a bit of a, a bit of banter with wrestling fans um, after kind of all the the negativity of the last couple of years. So um, it's been it's been quite good. But I'll stop myself from rambling on because this episode has been quite a lengthy one. So hopefully this has got you through your commutes or walking the dog. Or no one's listening this far whatever in. Whatever it is you do. I mean, if you're listening this far in, then if next time I see you, I'll buy you a bag of Milky Stars. Bag <laughs> of Milky Stars? No. Okay. You can get yourself Milky Stars. Fair. <laughs> But with that in mind, guys, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you guys next week and uh, catch us later. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.